on today's episode. Yeah, I mean, there, there are, again, definitely similarities that, that are worth noting. One is how human nature is involved. Why do nations go to war? Because sinful human beings are using their power to achieve their, their own selfish purposes, just the way sinful human beings do. What goes on in all the life issues? Well, it's a case of sinful human beings using their power on a much lower or smaller scale, more individual scale, to achieve their selfish aims. Welcome to the Life Challenges podcast from Christian Life Resources. People today face many opportunities and struggles when it comes to issues of life and death, marriage and family, health and science. We're here to bring a fresh biblical perspective to these issues and more. Join us now for Life Challenges. Hi, and welcome back. I'm Krista Potratz, and I'm here today with Pastors Bob Fleischman and Jeff Samuelson. Today we're going to talk about a trying topic, a, a difficult topic, but one that really, I think, does command some attention too. Today we're going to talk about other people's fights. Should Christians take sides? You know, in our in our day and age, most Christians don't find it very difficult to choose a side when a family member is drawn into a conflict, or maybe when their own country is drawn into a war. You know, people can kind of decide quickly, okay, what, what side of the issue they're on. But things get a little bit more complicated when it's people that are fighting that maybe we don't know or don't have a, a strong connection to. Particularly, you know, we're kind of alluding or talking about some of these current issues that we have in in wars too. So, uh, you know, in America and the Western world, Christians and citizens sometimes struggle to know whether they should be supporting one side or another side in in a war. And you know, we can think of things like um, the war in Ukraine and also what is currently happening happening between Israel and Hamas in the Middle East. These aren't small questions. And when it comes to especially people dying too, this is really a, a challenge um, that has to do with life. And which is one of the reasons, you know, we really want to talk about this, this today too. So, you know, let, let's start with something pretty basic. So some people, you know, say too that um, since we have a religion of peace, that we should be opposed to war, and and maybe you know never participate in it in it at all. Uh, is that is that correct? And uh, what should be a Christian's attitude toward war? Well, starting with that that first part of that that Christian pacifism, as as you just des described it there, it's rooted in in two big errors. The first and, and most important is that it it completely misunderstands the peace that we preach and rejoice in that that Christ came and won for us. You know, we've we've just celebrated Christmas. The angels to the shepherds announce peace on earth, and uh, lots of people think, "Oh, wow, that's that's all about no more wars." And uh, there's Isaiah's prophecy of of, of the, the coming Messiah, calling him the Prince of Peace. The peace that Jesus came to bring the message of, of reconciliation that is ours to share is a spiritual message. It's, it's not a political one. It's about peace between the Almighty God, who is righteously angry at human sin, and 
human sinners who who see God as an enemy and resent his call to holiness. And what Jesus' coming did, what his substitutionary suffering, death, and resurrection did is that it changed all that. Uh, It removed the guilt and and offense of our sin. It gave us his perfection so that now there is no hostility remaining between God and man. There is is no longer any gap between us. That's peace of the most important kind, and it will last forever. Scripture in various places uses the language of of the ending of wars between peoples and nations to to illustrate this peace, but it's an, an illustration. It's not the reality. The only time Scripture promises an end to all war is when we see the end of all things, when Christ comes in judgment, and well, that's that's an end to, to all conflict. Well, conflict conflict becomes newsworthy. If if you guys are all getting along, nobody's talking about it. In our twenty first century culture, news is part of the entertainment division. So the moment there's a conflict, I mean it gets splattered all over the place. I'd been asked a number of years ago to present at a, a Presbyterian conference. It was They wanted me to talk about a Lutheran view of facing death. And one of the presenters there was a pre- Presbyterian minister from Jerusalem. And so during during lunch, we sat together and we were talking about, I thought, oh man, all the fighting that's going on. And, and I, I remember him saying to me, he goes, do you know that almost all of that occurs on like one or two streets in Jerusalem? He goes, everybody knows you don't go onto those streets, but that's where it's happening. It's a small, isolated area. But at that time, and again, this was probably 20 years ago, but at that time, you would have thought that the whole country was in turmoil. You know, And that's oftentimes the way it is. Now, that, that in no way belittles conflict, but that, that brings me to my second point, and that is the first point is the media grabs it because it's conflict and it, and it gets blown up. But the second, the second point is, is that it becomes an issue— the closer you are to it. I remember once I had visited two people in the hospital, and uh, one fellow, a teenage boy who had been in a motorcycle accident, his one leg was crushed. I mean, they had it all wired together and everything like that. The other patient was in there for having his appendix removed. It was a scheduled surgery. And and I said to him, I go, oh, well, that's a relatively minor surgery because I just got done visiting this guy. with." And his comment was, well, minor surgery is what other people have. <laughs> and, and I always thought that that was a, a good observation, something to keep in mind. The point is, is that, you know, when when you're living in Ukraine and and the bombs start falling on, on Kiev uh, and you live in Kiev, you don't. You really don't have a choice. You you are taken aside. Mm. It's a matter of survival. For us living over here, it becomes one step removed. Now, Christian Life Resources used to have some life centers set up in Ternopil and Kiev and Sevastopol, and so we, so we know some of the people there. So we tend to take a higher interest in it. You talk to other people who don't even have that contact. They're like, well, I don't care. Not my battle and so forth, but the but the point is is that I and I think and this is probably going to push the argument down the road a little bit and that is I think when you view fellow Christians as as your kinsmen 
that these battles do become a higher concern for you. And so you do want to start taking a side. Everything Jeff said is 100% true. And that, that always troubles me, especially over the Christmas season. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. And, and of course, start, start by being a person of faith. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's how you do it. But that's not what they're talking about. You know? And every year, and I've seen it in devotions and art circles, and I've heard it in sermons, they're always telling the story of Christmas Day peace that they had in the in the battle where both sides agreed that for Christmas we will not shoot at each other and and so and, you know, they make wonderful stories and everything like that but that's not the peace that we're talking about we have this peace uh, through Christ uh, with God and we keep that and scripture does say you know near the end times there will be wars and there will be rumors of wars well why why would it even be mentioned if it wasn't supposed to be something that we are to take concern of and, and be aware of. And so as we, we kind of, you know, move this discussion down the road, I, we're going to get into the hard part of, you know, do you take sides, you know? Yeah. And, and one thing that I guess needs to be said, Christians, as, as the Bible clearly deals with war as a reality, you know, this is part of living in a sinful world with sinful people. And certainly nowhere in the Bible does it say, you can never do this or it's always wrong. But Christians will always view war as a bad thing. It is something that we want to avoid. We don't want to see it because there's death involved. There's suffering involved. There's there's all sorts of other bad things that go along with it. So Christians are going to hate war and prefer to have no more of it. You know, we want peace everywhere in our world. But again, we have to work with reality, you know, not what our preferences are. And because nations are made up of sinful human beings, wars will come. Maybe they'll come to us. Maybe they'll come to other people. But we're going to have to uh, deal with them. As, as Bob mentioned, Jesus told us to expect them. It's, it's not an unusual thing for the world when there are wars. The unusual thing is peace. So should the reason then for or the purpose of war matter to us? Kind of seems like yes, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, so I why the war is going on should be of concern to any Christian. In um, the Beatitudes, the peacemakers are the ones that are called blessed. So a Christian will want to pursue peace. I think the desire to pursue peace is different than being a pacifist. The pacifist just says, I'm not going to get involved, I'm not going to stay away. The, but, but you pursue peace. And being a peacemaker, pursuing peace, pretty much removes you from being the aggressor. Because when you are a peacemaker, you, you, you don't create peace by, by poking at somebody to start a fight. But sometimes they bring you into the fight. And then you have a responsibility to to stand your ground, to defend yourself, and so forth. So I, I would say that, first of all, as a Christian begins to start sorting out his feelings on this, you start by beginning with the idea, I am supposed to be pursuing peace. So if I go into battle, my ultimate goal is to pursue peace. Because not not blessed are the, the warmongers, it's blessed are the peacemakers. That's what we want to do. But like like Jeff said, you got to be, there is a reality here. And the reality is it's going on. It's, and we live in a country right now where uh, you can volunteer for the military. There were times in, in my lifetime where you could be drafted, so you're called in to serve. I mean, it it comes with membership. 
So when we hear about a war then being fought in a, another country or between other countries or groups, what then should we consider in deciding whether we personally should support one side or another? Now, well, one thing to you know, remember just from the start is that foreign affairs are almost without exception complex. So we've got to be careful not to presume that there is one clearly Christian position on this, and it's just obvious. Sometimes it will become quite obvious, but try not to simplify things to the point where you're just not actually doing any uh, any real thought on the matter. But the inclination is going to start with, well, how does this affect me? As Bob mentioned, you know, like with Ukraine, if you know people there, or if you know people in Israel, or if you know people in Palestine, you're going to start probably with that, well, this this affects me in some way. But the, the flip side of that is you know, to say, well, I this doesn't affect me in any way. I don't know anyone there, so I'm not going to care that's that's not a Christian attitude either, especially when you've got war with its pain and its suffering and death and everything involved. So we start by just simply trying to find out what we can about um, about how and why the war started, who did what, and what was done to whom. Sometimes that's really clear. Sometimes it's uh, it's not very very clear. When country A simply invades country B and says, "Well, we're doing this because we want to take this." piece of territory or we want to settle this old score. Yeah, it's pretty easy to say this side is the right side and this side is the wrong side. But uh, there's a lot of uh, confusion often in that, and often it's deliberate. Country A usually wants to manufacture some kind of excuse for its invading country B. And then, so they try to make it look good. So, you know, there's... You know, just a lot that needs to be sorted out. You, you need to do some homework very often you know, to decide, okay, who's in the right here and who's in the wrong. Oftentimes what, what makes it messy, messier is that the action taken, you know, going to war, the reality might be there should have been action taken, but not that action. Like, for example, if, if a country had dishonestly done something and refused to turn it over, surrender it, whatever it is. And so then the other country says, well, we're going to come in now. We're going to bomb you. We're going to do, okay, there's a problem. And it began on both sides. And it's interesting, you know, just talking, and we can talk specifics a little bit with Israel and Hamas. Uh, it's been interesting trying to watch the way it gets played out in the media. And what, what I found interesting is that all of a sudden we began hearing of Pakistanians protesting. And their argument is, well, they've abused us for so long. This is this is what happens, which, by the way, sounds very similar to inner city arguments for justifying violence in the inner city. Well, because we've been I'm I'm sorry. There just is no justification for, you know, I felt like you, you've, you've wronged my ancestors. I felt like you wronged my family. So I'm going to come in and shoot you all. You can't support that with scripture. So I, I think some some errors have to be recognized as errors. The difficulty I've had, whether we're talking Ukraine or we're talking Israel, is trying to get down to what is really going on. You know, when Jeff says, you know, it's it's very complex. Uh, he said it's it's most of the time it's it's in my world it's all the time complex. By the time it goes through translators, by the time it goes through whatever media outlet wants to report it, you just never know if you're getting the full scoop or not. That's always been frustrating, you know. So a lot of times I'll, without knowing what precipitated it, personally, big problem with 
Hamas coming in and shooting up people and stuff like that. I, I just have a big problem. If the tables had been reversed, I, again, would have had a big problem because I can't find justification for that kind of action. So now it escalates to the next level, and that is you now have Israel responding. And we talk about it a lot around the house here because, uh, you know, we're looking at this and, you know, I could see the Israelites going, well, you know, when when our people took over Canaan, they were told to wipe them all out. So we're going to wipe them all out. Well, you know, they, they, they begin to find modern day mandates in old mandates. And I'm not quite sure that that's justified either. We're told in scripture that there are uh, there are weapons that are used in the world to bring about change, and there are God gives you weapons or tools to bring about change. You have to remember, if you're going to play the tit-for-tat game, you're going to run into problems because you pretty much have lowered yourself to a level of a world that is not going to continue to exist. An interesting part is some part of the conversation that we can kind of have too is, you know, okay, as a Christian, I mean, you hear something going on in the news and you think, all right, I'm trying to gather information. I support this. I don't support this. I think we should do this. I don't think we should do that. Then it becomes though like another issue, I think, besides like just, you know, kind of talking like what your feelings are now, you know, like, should our nation support this? Should we give financially to this? Should we, you know, go to war with this? You know, that type of thing. How do we kind of look at that aspect of Christians, like in trying to get involved in another war um, as a country or something like that? And, you know, I, I just think too, I mean, I, I leave the history to you guys here, the history buffs, but, um, you know, just thinking back about like World War II and our involvement in that and how it looked like America was really kind of needed to get involved in that. And so, I mean, what should our attitude as like Christian Americans be then when it comes to some of these situations? Yeah, it's, you know, it's still not easy. If it's a clear thing where it's like, okay, country A is attacking country B, and country B is uh, full of Christians, and country A is attacking country B partially because of the Christians or something like that. In that case, it's like, okay, we know who to support here. When you've got a situation which has been true throughout European history of you've got an ostensibly Christian country A and an ostensibly Christian country B. It's like, well, okay, then which side do I support here? Well, then we start thinking of things like, okay, well, as Christians, we're, we're in favor of things like justice being treated equally under the law, people having freedom of, of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of thought, and things like that. If there's one side that is of the war that is for those same things and another side that's not, then those are the times where we might say, okay, well, I think I know which side I'm going to support. And you know what? I think it's probably in my nation's, America's interest to be supporting that as well. Maybe then that's what I'm going to be writing to my senator about or you know, what I'm going to be arguing about with my friends or, or whatever that I'm going to be saying this. Yeah, there are all sorts of other issues. Like It's like, okay, well, when we're, we want our nation to support it, you know, does that mean we're committing troops? Or does that mean we're um, uh, offering ammunition and supplies? Does it mean we're simply saying, okay, we're going to try to grease the skids for you financially so that you can 
process this war. It's going to vary on the situation, but we should not, as Christians, be afraid of stepping up and saying, you know, I think our our country should be involved in this if if we believe it is a just war and it's clear to us which side is, has, is on the side of justice. This morning, there were two pieces of news that relate directly to what we're talking about. The first piece is the story that within Gaza, there are two remaining Christian congregations. The aggression that's taking place now where Israel's retaliating, that those Christian churches' theory is they might be wiped out. So now if we were favoring Israel because we thought Hamas had been uh, brutal in what they did, now all of a sudden— Israel is going to be wiping out Christianity. Okay, so that that's one issue. That To me, it just illustrates how messy it gets. The other issue that came up was that it was revealed this morning that the uh, premier of mainland China had announced a timetable that he has for bringing back Taiwan. And, of course, the administration, the U.S. administration, is, is trying to discourage that, you know, and has pledged we will not let that happen and things like that. You know, So when does it become our battle? When does it become our war? I, I think if, if we leave everybody, anybody with one impression when we're done talking about all this is that you're going to have a bucket load of opinions on it. I mean, you're going to have 10 people in the family, and you could have 10 different opinions on it because it's a matter of not knowing the facts. And and two, it's a matter of strategy. Because for me, when I when I look at that, the peacemaker side of me says, wasn't there another strategy? Okay, so they came in, they they shot our people and so forth. You got your answer. You know where they're coming from. So you have to defend yourself. I think, you know, when we live in a, a country like we do, you have to take the good with the bad. And so our country will be inclined to go to war because they have to go to war for whatever reason. And the people that we've been entitled to elect uh, for office, hopefully we're reflecting our views about protecting the people who need to be protected. Will they be right all the time? Absolutely not. But we want to. And then when they're wrong, we've got avenues built into our country's system to make your voice known, do your protesting, write your letters. We still kind of get to go back to the same thing. And that is, if you really want to change the world, you got to change the heart. And there is no bullet and there is no big club and there's no bomb that's going to do that like the Word of God. Bob, you had said before, too, we were talking about sifting through media and as we hear information coming out. How do we evaluate some of the media and even social media that we see out there? The moment you like it, it's probably you better move on. You know, because you know the the problem. The problem is, is that the uh, uh, you tend you tend to we all do this. You tend to gather around yourselves people who think and talk and act and feel just the way you do. For me, on a very practical level, as I try to walk through these minefields on occasion, is that I get paid subscriptions to the Wall Street Journal and to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, which also includes USA Today. I have unpaid. Um, news feeds from Washington Post. Well, I listen to NPR radio, which is very liberal. I, we just love when they're collecting money for NPR because they're always telling you balanced and fair, fair reporting. And even liberals know that that's not true, <laughs> you know. But I mean, they, but they say that, you know. But but the point is, is I listen to the opposite views, and it aggravates the daylights out of me. I I look for the slant. I look for all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you got to recognize that your favorite sources, if you like Fox News or ABC or whatever it is, they tend to sing kind of what you're what you're looking for. 
I have found personally, and this will be a free advertisement for him. There's a um, there's a website called 1440.com, 1440.com, and uh, their big deal is that we don't take sides. And they're highly evolutionary. So so they do have a side. You know, they they have a little segment that they devote to latest discoveries in evolution. But it is remarkable. And it always reminded me of if I was out driving during the day, I sometimes would turn on NPR and listen to the, they'll have the BBC. And what's it is fun listening to the BBC report on American news because cause like they don't care. First of all, they have a tone that sounds like they don't care. So you you find those kinds of things. But even then, you just have to find multiple sources. So when I think, you know, about, all right, like 30, 40 years ago, right, obviously there was still news. You'd turn it on, you'd get your news, you know, and maybe some things would tend to swing liberal or conservative or whatever. Now you can go on YouTube, TikTok, anywhere, and you can get news from any person, like... <laughs> Random Joe, I mean, you know, just anywhere. And put news in quotation yeah, marks. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, I, I guess, you know, yes, yes, that right. is true. But, I mean, you get these, um, you know, opinions and people saying things. Now you just, you have tons of stuff. And, I mean, too, like all, uh, like as you were saying too, Bob, you know, we get news that is um, kind of like in line to what we hear. And that is, I mean, there's all those algorithms and, stuff too like you start clicking on youtube or i mean you know you're just you're getting the things that you're listening to and the things that are like the things you're listening to and so um i mean it really can distort what really is going on in in reality yeah and, and related to that just I and mean, bob's talked about trying to f get multiple sources of information and such and you know there's just a, a healthy skepticism that that you want to have when you're you're looking at these things but i just also you know, re related to the you know the the rabbit hole that algorithms can take you down is just be wary of any kind of news source with quotations or not that is trying to manipulate your emotions now, some of these, some news that we get, like the, you heard about what happened in, um, you know, on October 7th when Hamas came in and, you know, in, you know, to those, those kibbutzes in, in Israel. Some of the things that particularly we heard about, you know, in the beginning of, of the Russian invasion of, of, um, of Ukraine and the, the, the atrocities that were committed there. You should have an emotional reaction to some of that stuff, but there's a difference between that and having your emotions manipulated and when you get the sense that whatever source of information you're having is trying to lead you to a conclusion and lead you to a point where you're thinking about it not on the basis of well this is what i know has happened but oh boy i really feel strongly that these guys are awful and these guys are great that's time where you step back and you say, okay, wh what can I more rationally see here? Uh, again, look for balance and uh, just try to use your your understanding of the situation to uh, to, to get, an, get a sense of, of what's what. Sometimes you may say, I can't make heads or tails of this, but there's somebody I trust who can, and I'll rely on that person. But, you know, to the most, the greatest extent you can, try try to do your own thinking on it. You know, living living here in the promised land uh, of the Midwest is the uh, uh, nightly news. National nightly news news comes on at five thirty, 
So 5.30 to 6 o'clock. So on occasion, I have sat down at the kitchen table uh, during supper and with a pad of paper, and I will rewrite the news stories as they announce them. They'll say uh, there was an explosion in uh, in Vermont and two people were killed. So two people killed explosion, Vermont. All right. And you, it's, and you do this through the whole news. You'd be surprised how little news you actually got. And secondly, you'd be surprised how comparatively, and this is going to sound harsh, how comparatively irrelevant some of it is. You know, like, for example, there is a storm front coming across, coming out of the Texas panhandle, you know, or the Florida panhandle, and it's coming up the East Coast, and it's going to cause snowfall and all that kind of stuff. But there's no news. And it's all trying to create, you know, excitement and everything like that. So when, when they cover the, the war, the problem is, is when they cover any war, you've got you to play with emotions because otherwise there's no news, you know, because the bombing continued today. That's not exciting. But if I could interview a mother who's wondering if her child will be found in the rubble, that'll take two, two minutes and that'll tug at the emotions and that'll get you engaged in everything. But, but well, you got to be introspective enough to acknowledge that even your own emotions can be manipulated. Mm-hmm. And that, first of all, that's your biggest hurdle because most of us think we can steel ourselves against it. And it's not true. I, there is no one I know who can't have emotions that are manipulated, including, if not especially me. So just kind of shifting a little bit here, too, we've talked about some of these principles that we can think about when uh, thinking about maybe what side to choose on or what side to take uh, or just knowing if we should get involved at all. How can we apply that to the pro-life position here at home? There is, I mean, we, we always tr- talk about it like it's a war. We're in the battle to, to protect unborn children. We're in the battle to protect women's rights. We're in the battle to protect your autonomy at the end of life. We're, I mean, it's always characterized as a war. And I think part of that, again, is, is just wonderful marketing because you, you, need, you need an oppressor and you need a victim. You know? and, and war has a great way of, if you think very simplistically, if you don't get complicated about it, war very simplistically will usually have an oppressor and a victim. And so we we do use that terminology, but if you think about it from a Christian's perspective, every battle has its own set of tools. There is the the Chinese. There's the Chinese war book. Um, uh, I Sun don't Tzu, the Art yes. of War. Yeah, and that's supposed to be like the strategic Bible for engaging in war. Well, Christians have their own, and it's a different set of tools and so forth. So you you, you still live in the world. So you still want to get candidates who who protect life in the office. You still want to, if you're allowed to be part of a protest, you want to be part of a protest. My problem is, is when I see people try to elevate it to an actual war level, all of a sudden there's there's shootings at abortion clinics, there's shootings and fire bombings at pro-life clinics and, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, and sometimes we do it. And I think that that's Again, part of the problem of injecting an awful lot of emotion and uh, using the war terminology uh, in what we're doing. 
Yeah, I mean, there there are again definitely similarities that that are worth noting. Um, one is how human nature is involved. Why do nations go to war? Because sinful human beings are using their power to achieve their their own selfish purposes, just the way sinful human beings do. What goes on in all the life issues? Well, it's a case of sinful human beings using their power on a much lower or smaller scale, more individual scale, to achieve their selfish, selfish aims and things like that. And another similarity is in both war and, and life issues, we, we've got um, people deliberately killing inconvenient people. In war, it's the people who live in that territory you're trying to take. <laughs> they're inconvenient because they live there, so let's get rid of them. And we have the same uh, issue in, in so many of our, our life things, that uh, that child in the womb is inconvenient to me or you know, in my girlfriend's womb that's inconvenient or, or whatever. So, well, let's get rid of it. Grandma staying there in the hospital just hanging on, that's, that's not convenient for me. Let's 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 make her dead. Those are similarities there. It's it just kind of difference in scale. And Bob was pointing out the uh, the appropriate responses and such. So, do we have any other um, final thoughts on uh, war and some of these life issues that we've been talking about as well? Well, just to the the whole point of of taking sides, um, one thing is to recognize that we're often dealing with the fallacy of a binary choice. Other people will tell you, well, you've got to be on this side or you've got to be on that side. There's there's no in between. Well, actually, as Christians, very often there is because we'll say, yeah, this side's got it right in this and wrong in that. And the other side's got it wrong in that and right in this. And uh, we, we don't necessarily feel we have to be on team this or team that we're we're on team Jesus you know we're on the side of the gospel and uh, that's something to do but a, a caution also if you find yourself rationalizing atrocities genocide all sorts of awful and evil things that people are doing just because well i'm on their side maybe you're on the wrong side because that's not something that Christians are ever going to be okay with. If you're making excuses for sinful choices and behavior, whether it's in war or, or just in life, that should be something that makes you stop and consider what you're doing. And maybe your your support is still going to be for that side, but at this, it's going to be a qualified support. And you're going to say, they're messing up here, and I'm going to do what I can to, to stop that. But uh, lately, I've, I've seen far too many Christians who are uh, just saying, well, I know what side I'm on, and therefore it doesn't matter what that side does in this war. And Well, yeah, it does. I think the, a final thought on this would be Christians will differ. Sometimes we'll differ. It's just the way that we've received information, the way we understand the information, and the way we're trying to accomplish God's will. So there will be differing on this, but none of it ever has obliterated your assignment from God to share the gospel. So the challenge is on us as people of faith to try to walk through this minefield in a way to fight the good fight and to finish the race and to have performed admirably that God is pleased. And you got to keep going back to that because quite honestly— uh, in the end, we're just talking opinions on some of this stuff. And if it isn't rooted in God's word, that's all it is is an opinion. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not enough to create a wall. 
Well, thank you both for this discussion today. And we thank all of our listeners too. And if you have any questions on this topic at all, reach out to us. You can find us at lifechallenges.us. And we'll look forward to having you back next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Life Challenges podcast from Christian Life Resources. Please consider subscribing to this podcast, giving us a review wherever you access it, and sharing it with friends. We're sure you have questions on today's topic or other life issues. Our goal is to help you through these tough topics, and we want you to know we're here to help. You can submit your questions as well as comments or suggestions for future episodes at lifechallenges.us or email us at podcast at christianliferesources.com. In addition to the podcasts, we include other valuable information at lifechallenges.us, so be sure to check it out. For more about our parent organization, please visit christianliferesources.com. May God give you wisdom, love, strength, and peace in Christ for every life challenge.